0: Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Unnatural, Episode 4. I'm Andy.
1: Yo, yo, yiggity, yo. I'm Emily.
0: (laughs) All right, it's Andy and DJ Emily in the house for this episode. Emily, we're heading to the last frontier, the state of Alaska, for today's episode. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Alaska?
1: Bears and ice road truckers.
0: Okay, yeah, those are two things that are pretty prevalent (laughs) up there, I'd say. Also, you've got giant areas of wilderness and... Of course, it's kind of a place where people go up there to be left alone. And it's perfect because you can be left alone when you're in a state that big. That's for sure. And it's also the setting for one of the cringiest cases of a serial killer that I've ever heard of.
1: Who's that? Who's the serial killer?
0: Well, his name was Robert Hansen, and he killed up to 21 women between 1971 and 1983 in the Anchorage, Alaska area. Had you ever heard of him before?
1: You know, I have, Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know, like off the top of my head, I don't really remember a lot about the case, but I know the name.
0: All right, well, strap on your gear, make sure to bring a flashlight and a way to defend yourself that's important, because we're going deep into the woods with the Butcher Baker Killer on this episode of Unnatural. I was completely unaware of this fact until I started digging into Robert Hansen. But he's actually from my home state of Iowa, just south of the Minnesota border in a town called Esterville. He spent most of his childhood there, which is said to be pretty much uneventful, except for the fact that and this is according to a 1993 book based on Hansen titled The Fair Game that he was ridiculously shy, and he hardly ever interacted with his peers. Now, he also had acne so bad that it scarred him for the rest of his life. So, not surprisingly, he wasn't the best with the ladies. (laughs) And and this actually kind of had a big effect on him. And it also said in the book that he kind of resented women for the rest of his life, because of the way either they treated him back when he was growing up or maybe the way he perceived that they were treating him is a more apt way of saying it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can think something in your head and it's not exactly true of the way people are acting towards you.
1: Right. And I've always found that a little bit um, interesting when people go on to do bad things and they give their reason, well... You know, girls didn't pay attention to me. Girls didn't like me because of the way I looked. Well, I mean, I've seen some of what I consider some very unfortunate looking people who are very happily married and everything in a marriage is encompassed in that. So I really have to question, was it really, is it really your looks? Really?
0: Right, exactly. And I mean... Look, first of all, high school, when you're when you're a guy in high school, heck, I went months without girls talking to me in high school and I think I turned out okay.
1: So, it happens. Months? Andy. I know. These people went years. Yeah, okay? that's true. Don't it's true. start cut years.
0: <laughs> and Also, something to keep in mind, this was kind of around the same time that Robert seemed to develop an affinity for hunting and archery. Now, that's going to come into play a little bit later in the pod. Uh,
1: Doesn't everybody in Alaska have an affinity for archery and hunting and fishing? What else else do you do there? I have
0: some family in Alaska, and I can concur. Almost everybody I've ever met up there has an affinity for hunting and fishing and archery. (laughs) It's kind of a prerequisite if you move up there. So we fast forward a few years. He graduates from high school. He heads to the Army for a brief one-year stint. Now, it doesn't say that he was dishonorably discharged or anything. I just think it wasn't for him. So he comes back to Iowa. He marries a young woman. And can you guess where he went on his honeymoon? Take a guess.
1: The wilderness.
0: Nope. Jail. Oh, good. So almost immediately after he gets married, Robert burns down the local bus garage in one night.
1: What?
0: Apparently it was an act of revenge on his old school. By the way, this is believed to be the first time he commits arson, but it's not going to be the last. So he gets sentenced to three years in prison for that at a maximum security prison in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And while there, his wife... Files for divorce. So that didn't last long.
1: As she should.
0: (laughs) They they literally get married. He burns down the bus garage, goes to jail, and she divorces him right away. As she should. (laughs) (laughs) So it's also discovered while he's in prison that he has bipolar disorder. And he might have some sort of schizophrenic tendencies as well. Mm -hmm. But eventually, he gets out in about half the time. Uh, of the sentence, about just 20 months. Good
1: for him, for good behavior.
0: Yeah, yeah, not good for him later in this podcast, but we'll find out soon. He then remarries, and he decides that he and his new bride, they need a change of scenery, so they decide to move way off the grid, head north to the last frontier, the city of Anchorage, Alaska.
1: So hold on, back up for a second. Yeah. This guy is blaming his lack of female attention as a reason for why he did what he did, but he's how old he's been married twice. Meanwhile, some people, me specifically (laughs) have not been married once. Me too. (laughs) We have not.
0: I know. And we're not serial killers. No, (laughs) I know. Carry what on. You? What's wrong with the world? No, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. So fun facts about Anchorage, Alaska. Are you ready for these? I love fun
1: facts. Let's
0: go. It's Alaska's largest city. It now has a population of about 295,000 people, making it around the size of St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh. It's amazing that many people want to live that far north.
1: I agree.
0: It's cold. Yeah, but it's not quite as cold there as it is in other places of Alaska. It's also uh, has some major industries there. Fishing is one of them because it's right off the coast. Oil and tourism as well. And in 1964, just three years before Robert and his wife would move there, the city was hit with the Good Friday earthquake. Now, this earthquake measured... At an insane 9.2 on the Richter scale, it actually killed 115 people. And to date, it's the highest ever recorded for an earthquake in North America. So living in the Midwest, this is 1964. We don't have to deal with earthquakes in the Midwest. So this is the city that Robert moves to. And initially, things seem to be going pretty well for him and his family. He seems to be well liked there, and he even set some local hunting records. He was viewed, yeah, he was viewed as a cordial family man. And soon after moving up to Anchorage, he opened up a bakery. But that's when things all began to change around the year 1971. Late that year, he got two quick arrests. The first was for an attempted abduction and rape of a housewife. And the second was for the rape of a prostitute. Now, keep that in mind. He strikes up a plea bargain, and he gets sentenced up to five years in prison. But astonishingly, he's released after just six months of jail time, and he gets sent to one of those work release programs. Once back in society, it's believed that this is kind of when the killings began and many of them went the same way. So here's his MO here. It seems he was pretty sick and warped out of his mind. He would pick up these prostitutes
1: Ugh, gross,
0: and then he would abduct them, take them to his cabin and rape them.
1: I don't like where this is going.
0: Right. If we're following what typically happens in these situations, he would murder the victim right there in his cabin. But this guy was even more sadistic than your traditional homicidal maniac. Everybody in Alaska has a plane, like everybody. It's crazy up there because that's how you get around. In fact, more people know how to fly a plane in Alaska than anywhere else in the country per capita.
1: So like do kids go to airplane school instead of driver's ed when they're 6, 15?
0: A lot of them do. A lot of them figure out how to fly planes at a very early age just to be able to get around. And Wild. Robert Hansen, he was no exception to this. He also had a plane, and he would use it to fly his victims off to a secluded area.
1: And they're alive.
0: Yes, and it's an area that only he really knew about. Why would he do this? Well, so he could hunt them down like wild animals.
1: Oh, like that movie that just came out, like, not that long ago.
0: See, for me, it reminds me of a book. Now, the scenario... Seems an awful lot like this book called The Most Dangerous Game. It's it's a book where a wealthy guy lures a big-time, big-game hunter to his island, and then he flips the script. So the hunter becomes the hunted. Uh-oh. It's really a, a fascinating read. And even though the book is actually almost 100 years old, it's really still holds up. So check it out, everybody. So... This goes on for about 10 years, if you can believe it. Sure, the cops are aware of all of these missing women that are kind of popping up and the similarities between them, but they are completely stumped as to what's going on. Now, that kind of changes dramatically by the time we get to the year 1983. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free.
1: And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
0: So Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you want to know what else? You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is really cool.
0: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place.
1: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
0: In June of that year, it seems Robert is kind of up to his old tricks again. He goes to the same area that he always goes to once again find a prostitute to rape and hunt down. He picks up 17-year-old Cindy Paulson.
1: 17?
0: Yeah, she's just 17 years old working as a sex worker. And once she gets inside, he shuts the door, he pulls out his gun... And then he, of course, takes her to his cabin there. He proceeds to torture and rape her. He chains her up. So she's just hanging by her arms. And then he decides to take a nap for whatever reason after he's done.
1: How do these people do that? Just commit, like do this to somebody. I
0: know. Yeah. It's like they can just completely go back to normal again.
1: Yeah, you ask, like, how do they sleep at night? Well, apparently they sleep really well.
0: <laughs> apparently. Right now you're thinking that this might fit the bill with the other murders that he's going to end up taking her in her plane. But this is where Robert's luck, if you want to call it that, finally begins to run out.
1: Good, as it should.
0: Yeah. So just like all of his other victims, Robert proceeds to gag her. He binds her and he takes her to the local airport in his car. Where he plans on getting her in his plane to take her out to the woods so he could hunt her down again because that's his fetish. Oh, so
1: he goes to like a public airport. He doesn't just like take off yep. from his house or something. No,
0: no, yeah, he he takes him to the local Anchorage airport and then flies off in his plane to the wilderness. And it's just amazing that uh, there were no records that kind of tracked down what was going on at the time because he could have been caught much earlier, yeah. but. Once he was at the airport, Robert is kind of filling up the cockpit with the supplies he needs, whatever they may be. And Cindy sees that he's distracted and she knows that this is her chance to escape. So she's still handcuffed, but she crawls into the back seat. And once she's in the back seat, she slips off her sneakers inside the car as evidence Because she knows that if the police find the car, that they'll know that she was in there. And then she gets onto the tarmac. Run. Exactly. And she decides to make a run for it to the nearest street, And that's when Robert actually notices her. He sees her running. So he he makes a beeline for her. He nearly catches her. But she's able to flag down a trucker and then of course when robert sees her getting into the truck he withdraws from the scene
1: yeah i was going to say he's out like a freaking airport where like where are all the people
0: yeah exactly and at that point he knows that it's a lost cause so he's not yeah. going to you know draw any undue attention to himself so he leaves the scene now cindy is obviously pretty freaked out and the trucker is quite alarmed as well and I might add that he uh, takes her to a nearby motel where she tries to get a hold of her boyfriend at his place, apparently. Eventually, she makes it there, but so do the cops being tipped off.
1: Um, okay, so she's, she's 17, right? She gets into a car with you know someone who she thinks she's going to make money off of, mm-hmm. and that turns out pretty awful for her. So then she's running and she gets into the car with another stranger, just hoping like this one is not going to be another one yeah. that's going to kidnap her, take her somewhere, try to kill her. Like,
0: Yeah. It's only been an hour or two, but she's already traumatized. And yeah. luckily she makes it to her boyfriend's place, but so do the cops. They were actually tipped off by that freaked out truck driver So they take her down to the station and she describes Robert to them and kind of what transpired that night. And she must have done a pretty good job at it because shortly after the cops actually catch up with Robert. Good news, right?
1: Good. Yeah, as they should.
0: Well, he denies everything, of course.
1: Of course he does.
0: And well, not everything exactly. He does admit that he knows who Cindy is but he says that she was attempting to extort him due to him paying for sex with the prostitute and all. So he thought about this ahead of time. He knew that they might find him and that was his excuse. And sadly they bought it now. They did. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He did have an alibi, but he had an alibi. Apparently one of his friends said that he was with him that night He also was kind of an upstanding guy in the community, you know, your friendly neighborhood baker, right?
1: Yeah, like Sweeney Todd.
0: (laughs) So people knew him, people talked to him, and they liked him, and I think that's what bought him some time here. Now, it was around this time that local investigators began to find the bodies of other young women in the area. Some of them they found in gravel pits, some of them in shallow graves, But they all had traces, it seems, to the same lone killer. So the investigators were looking for one guy in particular. They just didn't know who it was at the time, and they hadn't connected it to Robert. So they called an FBI special investigator who investigates criminal homicides. His name was John Douglas. And here's what he told them after reviewing the cases of the deceased women. Tell me if this rings a bell. He said... He thought the killer would be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem, have a history of being rejected by women. <laughs> now, if that doesn't fit the bill, I don't know what does. Three
1: out of three. However, the first one of being an experienced hunter could apply to everybody. in
0: It really could. He also <laughs> said that the killer would have likely kept some of the victim's jewelry as trophies as well, which we've seen with other serial killers. So, Based on what the FBI investigator had told them, local authorities had kind of whittled down the possibility of suspects until they came back to your friendly neighborhood baker, Robert Hansen. They searched his plane, searched his car and his home, and what did they find? Well, in the attic of his home, they found a number of firearms and also some jewelry. It's
1: wild to me how
0: exactly um, profilers... From the vi-
1: can oftentimes get such an accurate description of who they're looking for. It's so it's right. so fascinating to me. Like
0: It makes you realize how good at their job they are.
1: They really are.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty remarkable. So they find the jewelry, and it belongs to some of the victims. And something else investigators found was what looked to be some sort of a map with X's on it. You know, like X marks the spot on a treasure map.
1: Oh, gross. Is this going where I think it's going?
0: Yeah, sure enough, investigators also found numerous bodies in and around the Anchorage area by using this map itself.
1: Hate that.
0: So once he was confronted with the evidence, Robert kind of held out for a while. He denied that he had anything to do with the murders, but eventually he cracked and admitted To murdering dozens of area women, some of whom police didn't even know Uh about. In at least 12 cases where authorities were unable to find the victims, Robert would actually accompany them in their vehicles and even lead them to where the women were buried.
1: Wow.
0: So unsurprisingly, Robert Hansen had all of the evidence stacked against him. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to 461 years plus life in prison without the possibility of parole. And he served the majority of his sentence at the Spring Creek Correctional Facility in Seward, Alaska. He died in 2014 of natural causes at the age of 75. All total, Robert Hansen killed at least 17 women and maybe up to 21 women between 1971 and 1983.
1: So he had 17 confirmed. Did he claim the other ones but the there there was no body to
0: Yep, there were there were a few of them that were no body was traced to him and they couldn't find the bodies at that time. So and little is publicly known about the life of Cindy Paulson. It's been 37 years since she escaped the Butcher Baker killer. Now there was actually a major motion picture made about Robert Hansen a number of years back. It was titled The Frozen Ground. It starred John Cusack. He was the Butcher Baker killer. Mm. Um, Nicholas Cage was one of the investigators. And Vanessa Hudgens was Cindy Paulson. Oh, wow. And before filming began, Cindy was willing to actually talk to Vanessa Hudgens who was cast to play her, according to the movie credits, that was the first time Cindy Paulson agreed to publicly share her story. And in preparation for this podcast, I actually went back and watched that movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I watched some documentaries on this case as well. And the movie gets some of it right, but it also dramatizes some things just for the sake of, Dramatizing some things and
1: yeah, as movies do. Yeah,
0: it's not the greatest movie, but uh, it's certainly worth a watch. Even though Nicolas Cage is hit or miss for a lot of people, that's for
1: sure. Man, I have a weird sweet spot for Nicolas Cage.
0: Really, you got a sweet spot for him? Wow. Yeah. Like, what? What's your top move? Are you a National Treasure gal, or what's your what's your thing for him?
1: Um. I liked National Treasure. Um, oh, Face Off. Dumb.
0: Oh, my God. Face Off's a great movie.
1: Yes.
0: Nicolas Cage, John Travolta.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: my God. I love that movie. Um, he's also great in the movie The Rock. That's about Alcatraz. If you haven't seen The Rock, check it out. He's amazing in that.
1: Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Ghost Rider. Ghost
0: Rider. Eh. Yeah. That
1: was, It was such a dumb movie, but at the same time um like let's see it came out in 2007 so i was 17 and i totally had a thing for like bad boys and motorcycles and leather jackets so like (laughs) ghost rider was my jam
0: don't judge
1: me (laughs) why
0: don't we get to it right now because we've been doing this almost every week okay scale of 1 to 10 on the old nickname scale butcher baker is that above the weepy voice killer? Where, where would you put that?
1: I would say we're above the weepy voiced killer for sure.
0: What would, about uh, the Black Widow? No. Okay.
1: The Black Widow of the Midwest, Hell's S- Bell. I think we're in between. You see, the issue that I have, I like the, the, I like the fact that the word butcher is involved. I don't like the fact that it's. No, maybe I do. I can't decide because Butcher Baker seems like a little bit of an enigma because baking, you think cupcakes, you think So I would give it, because of
0: uniqueness alone and the fact that it makes you think, maybe a seven on a seven to ten scale. See, I feel
1: like, I would agree. I think the weepy-voiced killer, what did we say, like a two or a four? Four.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he's roughly a two.
1: Um, But I think like the Black Widow of the Midwest is really ominous. So I think I think those two are neck and neck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's a 7.5, I'd say.
1: Yes. Yeah. I concur. We're
0: harsh graders here. Harsh graders yeah. here on the unnatural pod. All right. Well, thus concludes the case of the butcher baker killer. There you go.
1: Awesome. Loved it. Also, come find us on some social media. You can see us on Twitter at unnatural the pod. Find us on Instagram where we post pictures that uh, correspond with each case that we do every week um, at Unnatural unnaturalthepodcast. Uh, hit us up on Gmail, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page set up where you will get um, some behind the scenes looks at what we do and going into making this, some fun bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, and so much more. That is patreon.com slash pod. And we also have a Facebook page, um, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. And also, don't forget to um, rate. We would love, love, love five stars. Four is acceptable. Anything less than that, you're just being insulting and rude. Agreed. Subscribe. Recommend us to your friends.
0: And most importantly, Emily, what's on next week's pod? Next week...
1: See, I don't know if I want to tell you because I really want to keep this one a surprise.
0: Wait, is that allowed? Are we allowed to do this?
1: Um well, considering that
0: Is this a new rule for unnatural? You
1: you and I make the Okay, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a hint. This guy that we're going to talk about next week hit a, a like a 2-second clip of him went viral on TikTok and Instagram recently a lot of people mm. are stitching it a lot of people are um like duetting it and kind of like the common theme is the text on top reads legend says this man can kill you just by looking at you
0: ooh Okay. So
1: there's a little bit of a hint, and I had never heard of this guy before until I was scrolling TikTok and I found one of these videos, and the dude is scary looking, okay? Like, a thing of nightmares. And I was like, who is this guy? So I looked in the comments, I found his name, I typed him in on Google. I honestly figured that I'd just find, you know, like one news article. Well, I found mm-hmm. a news article and I went down the rabbit hole and
0: <laughs> it sounds like it.
1: Yeah, I, like seriously. Um, but it's, it's going to be really interesting and everybody should tune in uh, because this is going to be a wild ride, guys, I swear.
0: OK, well, we're looking forward to it. We'll have to think about that and make our guesses as to who it might be for next week on Unnatural. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you later.
1: the book but- goddamn